Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. How many here are ready to declare? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to declare. I've been declaring already. Amen. Man, ever since I was in that hospital room, amen, I was declaring and coming back and fighting back. Amen. But before we move over, I got a little quiz for you guys. Amen. How many remember the triple D's? Come on. Now, the, wait, 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 wait. There's, there's three triple D's. There's three series that I ministered in the first one. What are the triple three, triple D's? <laughs> the triple D's, amen, when we ask God to, to have his hand upon us. That we depend on him. D- desire. And what else? And devotion. That we must depend. When we ask God, God, keep your hand on me, that we may de- de- depend on you, that we may desire you, and that we may be devoted to you. Now, what are the three D's about staying out of the lion's den? Huh? The lion's den. Come on. When we find ourselves in the midst of the lion's den or, or pertaining to the lion's den, that we keep at a safe distance, remember, that we dress our minds right, and then when we find ourselves in the midst of the lion's den, that we have to make a quick departure. Departure. Now, what are the three D's when it comes to the temptation that the devil brings? Doubt. He places doubt. He places a desire. Then you have to what? Then make a decision. Come on, give you guys a hand clap. You guys are listening, but some of you guys are throwing things from the first one. Doubt, desire. No, no. The triple D's. Remember those. Pray for those. I pray that all the time. I pray that Jabez prayer that in the morning, Lord, I, I want your hand upon me, that I, de- I depend on you, that I desire you, that I'm devoted to you. You know, I pray, God, when it comes to the lions, then help me. Help me to stay at a safe distance and help me to dress my mind right. And I make a quick departure when I find myself in the midst of that. How many know that you find yourself in the midst of a lion's den all the time? Come on, you ever gone through, through, through the internet, amen, or Facebook and something pop up? You, you got to make a... Quick depart, <laughs> quick departure at times. Hallelujah! See what happens when you start doing those things, Amen. But 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 then also, you know, we got to understand the things, the schemes of, of the temptation. He always comes to bring doubt to you, and he'll always bring a desire. And sometimes that desire can be a legit desire, but in an ungodly manner. And you have to make a decision from there, Amen. And you know what? No. Just like Jesus says, no, it is written, it is written. Come on. And you got to fight back with God's word. Can somebody say amen? When you fight God back with God's word, amen, let me tell you, you'll always have success. Can somebody say amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, if we're here to declare in 2021, 
And you're gonna do, you're gonna have to make some decisions. And, and some of us, uh, you know, there was a, someone prayed about boldness. Amen. Give us some boldness. Uh, Brother Eric was talking about boldness. Amen. Give us some boldness. Amen. If we're gonna be bold and declare who He is over the things we face, I'm gonna let you know that prayer has a big part in that, because we sow what we sow, we reap. Can somebody say Amen? And if you sow in the area of prayer, God will bring growth to, to declare who he is. Because listen, church, listen to this. Behind every deed, there's a seed. Behind every deed, there's a seed. And the seed, church, is prayer. I believe that everything, somebody say everything. I believe that everything starts in prayer. Come on, you are here today. Because someone was praying for you. Come on, you just didn't pop up here. You'd buy, you No, prayer drew you here. Grandma was praying for you. Mom was praying for you. An aunt, an uncle, somebody prayed for you. And so I believe that everything that we do in the kingdom of God has to start with prayer. And I want to start a new series for Wednesday nights. So tell your neighbor, come on Wednesday nights too. <laughs> A new series on Wednesday night entitled simply Prayer. Prayer. Prayer, church. And tonight I want to minister on the subtitle of the series, Just Keep Praying. Somebody say, tell your neighbor, just keep praying. Hallelujah. Now, who's that in the church right there? You know who that is? It comes here. No? Okay. I'll let you keep guessing then. No, I'm just playing. It's nobody, man. There's <laughs> someone we got on the internet. <laughs> kind of looks like Jacob, amen. It looks like a few people, amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, just keep praying. Come on, we got to keep praying, church. You got you to gotta pray if you want to make it today. Amen. And so we must pray continuously. We must pray corporately. We must pray for our city, our nation, amen, against this virus that we all are facing, amen. We must pray against things that are forming against us because with prayer, they will not prosper, church. Come on. Come on. Prayer will knock down anything that the devil's throwing at you. So we got to pray. Come on. Can somebody say amen? She said amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Woo. That's prayer. That's a prayer shout right there. Hallelujah. But we got to pray. Prayer tears down strongholds. Because behind every deed, there's a seed. Back in the day, amen. Uh, come on, we've been saved more than 25 years, amen. And my wife's been, come on, saved uh, longer than that. She's, she's going over 30 years, amen, serving the Lord. I left for a, a season, amen. But we should say, well, let's go make some war in the heavenlies. It's talking about prayer. Making war in the heavenlies, amen. If we are to make impact in our city, uh, make impact in our homes and in our relationships, in our lives, amen. If we truly want to declare, it has to start with prayer. How many know it's important to pray? I say it's important to pray. The ones that are not uh, praying, they're saying, uh, they're not saying nothing. I said it's important to pray. Come on. Jesus told his disciples to pray. And he showed them how to pray because he also, listen, he also knows our flesh. 
Come on, somebody. Look to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. No, 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 don't say that. Sister Flesh. <laughs> no. Matthew chapter 26, 41. Look what Jesus tells his disciples. He's, Jesus told his disciples, he says, watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? The flesh is weak. If you go down to verse 43 to 45, it says this. When he came back, speaking of Jesus, he found them sleeping because their eyes were very heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Are you still playing Xbox? Are you still watching TV? Are you still at Walmart? Hallelujah. Come on, he finds him a third time, and he says, man, what are you guys doing? You guys are sleeping. He says, look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. See, Jesus knew that we struggle in this area of prayer, even to today. Because he knew that, that it would be a vital part of our lives, amen. He knew that prayer was important for us if we are going to make it, if we are going to be able to declare it, amen. Because behind every deed, there's a seed, church. In Matthew chapter 6, he shows his disciples how to pray. Maybe you're here tonight and say, I, I don't know how to pray, Pastor. I, I don't know what to do. And sometimes our prayers really are wants, Come on, we bring a list, amen, God, I want this, I pray for this, I pray for that, I want more money, I want a woman, I want a man, whatever it is. Come on. Come on, sometimes that's what our prayer is, is nothing but I want stuff. I want more money, I want a better job, I want to raise, all this stuff. But this is how he shows them how to pray, how to pray and how not to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, 5 to 13, it says this, when you pray, say when I pray. It says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to be standing in the synagogues or on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But then he goes on. That's not, that's not how you're supposed to pray. You don't pray like that. This is, this is one way of not to pray. Don't pray to be showing off. Don't be praying to express God. There's people that pray, man, they're saying these big words, and they don't even know what those words mean. Come on, they're just saying because it looks good, it sounds good, amen. But he says, don't, don't pray like that. But when you pray, say, when I pray, go into your room. Close the door. And pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what you've done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need even before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Let's repeat this. Our Father in heaven, come on, repeat, 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And it goes on, a lot of verses, for yours is the kingdom, for yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. In other words, don't stop. Continue. Don't terminate. Elevate. Come on. Now. Don't let your prayers, listen church, lie, die. Don't let your prayer life die. And right here, that's what he's saying, praying without ceasing, that, that we never stop, church. If it gets a little rough, pray. If you're going to a tough time, pray. If you have a rough day, pray. Amen. Don't start complaining. Don't start babbling. Amen. Gut it on your knees and start praying. Amen. See, this passage of scripture here doesn't mean that we pray all day. But don't let nothing stop you, listen, from praying when you ought to. Don't let the flesh, somebody say the flesh, get in the way. Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Come on, how many, how, come on, I, I think you don't have to raise your hand. But how many of us have said, I'm going to get up and pray, and then you don't? Or you say, God, I'm going to pray, amen, hallelujah. I'm going to turn off my TV at 8 o'clock, and God, I'm going to seek you. But all of a sudden, it's 8.30, and you're still watching the program. Come on, how many say that you're going to start something now that I'm going to wake up a certain time, I'm going to pray. But then that flesh, hallelujah, you wake up and that flesh say, nah, come on, it's too cold. Come on, wrap yourself, get that blanket, get that pillow, and just, we'll do it tomorrow. How many have said, God, I'll do it tomorrow? Come on, somebody. For his disciples, of, for us as disciples of Jesus Christ, prayer is a person-to-person -person communication. It involves two people, us and God. Prayer is a combination, I want you to listen to this, of worship, fellowship, and intercession. Worship, that is through adoration, praise, and thanksgiving to God. Fellowship, that's through devotion, communion, and conversation with God. Intercession is through supplication, which is a cry, a plead, fasting, and spiritual warfare before God. Prayer, somebody say prayer. Prayer is a combination of all these three right here. Fellowship, worship, intercession. In Ephesians chapter 6, 18, it says this, And pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayer, prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. How many know that we always have something to pray for? Hopefully through that time, you were praying for me. Hallelujah. Because I felt some prayers. Amen. Now, come on. Now, we have to pray. Once we hear something happen to somebody, someone's going through someone, someone passed away. Amen. Prayers automatically should be going. 
Come on, we should be praying for the Lord's people, amen, for whatever need, whatever concern that you hear. We got to keep on praying. We got to keep this in mind. We got to be alert and always pray for the, for the house of God. Prayer points us to a learning path, that which enables us, church, if we really want to do what we want to do in 21, it's a learning path to declare. Prayer is going to line you up to God. Prayer is going to line you up to his will. Prayer is going to line you up to what God wants to do in your life and through our church. Amen. Prayer enables us to declare to an understanding which means, with the means and with the methods of prayer. Prayer is a pathway that's learnable. Listen, it was never meant to be religious or mysterious. It's always intended to be very simple and practical. Here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus instructs his disciples basic steps in how to pray, how to ask in prayer, how to attack through prayer. See, to live, to, to learn to live a life or live, to, live in the, uh, uh, to learn to live in the spirit of prayer is a walk is to walk in the presence of Christ. To learn to live in the spirit of prayer is to walk in the presence of Christ. See, we should have confident faith that the Lord's prayer, come on, starts with our Father who art in heaven. See, Jesus opens his teaching with a special importance on our relationship with God as our Father. In doing that, he is laying a foundational truth that on these grounds of prayer, listen, we can stand with confidence. Come on, somebody. We can stand with a holy confidence. It's a father-to-child relationship, which the Bible says is established and secured through Christ. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. Listen, there is more, nothing is more crippling to an effective prayer than having no confidence in our relationship with the Father. Come on, Jesus here refers God as the Father so that we can understand the relationship, listen, that he wants to have with us. In the book of Luke chapter 15, and we know the story here. It's a story about the prodigal son. How, how many know that story? Raise your hand if you do. Come on, the prodigal son, amen. Come on, we know the story. Here's the young guy, amen. Here's the young boy. He has two sons. The youngest son said, you know what? I want my share. I want the part of my estate. I, you know what? I, I, want the, I, want my, I want my money now. So he gets, the father gives the money to him, and he, and, he, and he comes to Vegas, hallelujah, and he wastes all his money, amen. He's gambling, prostitution, drinking, all this stuff, and then he finds himself in a pig pen. Come on, he's in a mess. And here he gets, he gets hired on to feed pigs, amen. And he's so hungry and he don't have nothing that he starts longing to eat what the pigs are eating. And then the Bible says that he comes to his senses. And he says, you know what? What am I doing here? I'm going back home to the father. And this is the story of the prodigal son, amen. 
And Jesus, Jesus uses this story, amen, to paint a, us a picture of what our Father is really like. To show us that regardless of uh, what we have done uh, and how we have wasted our lives, amen, God's arms are, are still reaching out towards us. And they are open, church, with love. To see, the first thing that we see in the story is God's pursuit for us. How many know that he pursues you? Come on, come on. He leaves uh, the 99, amen. He comes after you, amen. Come on. Uh, he comes after, he pursues you. Come on, he said uh, that song, amen. He, he knocks any wall, amen. He, he tears down every lie just to get to you. He has, a, he has a reckless love for you. And this is God's pursuit for us, yeah. See, the father saw his prodigal son from a, from a distance, the Bible says a far distance. And let me, if you look at Luke chapter 15, verse 20, look what, what it says here. So he returned. This is after he, he comes to his senses. Uh, he's in that pig pen. He wasted all his money. He wasted all his inheritance. Uh, he finds himself in that pig pen. He's hungry and he comes to his senses. You know what? I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to my father. Amen. So here he is returning. He says, so he returned to his home, uh, to his father. And while he was still, a long way off, his father, somebody say my father, his father saw him coming, uh, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son and he braced him and kissed him. See, the father was looking. The father was seeking and longing his son. Or you can put longing his daughter. Amen. Come on. And he saw him from a distance. Amen. And as he saw him, he ran towards him. This is the father's heart, church. It's the heart of God. As the father saw his son from far away, God's heart yearns and watches for each one of us. And even though we may be far away from him, regardless of what we've done or where we're at, I'm here to let you know that Jesus still loves you. Come on, God still loves you, church. The second thing we see here, we see the compassion of the Father. In Luke chapter 15, 22 to 24, as we go on with the story, it says, But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Get the ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And let us kill the calf that we've been fattening. Woo! Gardener Asala is on its way. Hallelujah. Come on. It says, we must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So let the party begin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. You see, the son had every reason to doubt his father's acceptance. Yet, we see God's open heart towards us by showing us the welcome his son received. We heard no rebukes. We heard, I, I, I told you so. We heard that, you know what, what I see that you have crawled back. What happened, son? Did you lose your money? Come on, we heard none of that. No, all the son heard was kind words from daddy. He didn't slap him, but he embraced him. He didn't hate on him, but he kissed him. 
Come on, he didn't yell at him, but he announced that his son was dead, but now he's alive. My son was lost, but now he's found. Hallelujah. Come on, it's the same with us uh, when he receives us with great joy. That's some compassion there. Third, we see that after the warm and loving reception, the father calls for the finest robe to be placed on him. See, in those days, a robe was those that held a position of honor. Robe was placed on a person that held a position of high honor. See, the fallen son, listen here, was being restored by his father with honor. Just as a son, uh, come on, he just wanted to come to be a higher help. But the father put back his formal position as error in his household. Come on, somebody. Come on, he didn't say, you know what, you're going to work your way back. No, no. He says, put the robe on my son. He restored him into the position. He restored him to where he, when he first left, was restored back to him. He says, you know what, you're still part of error. You're part of the error of this household. See, God not only receives us as forgiven sons and daughters, but listen, he restores what we lost. Come on, he restores what we lost, amen. I don't know about you, but I lost a lot, amen, uh, through those 10 years. But I'm here to let you know that God uh, has restored uh, more than I had before, amen. God restores uh, what you lost, church. Come on, you thought you lost a lot? No, you gained so much more. I got so much more now than I had before. God restores. Remember the scripture that with the years that the locusts is still, amen, he'll, he'll replace church tenfold, hundredfold, whatever fold. <laughs> what the fold? <laughs> I'm sorry. So we, he restores what we lose, church. Fourth thing, the father places a ring on the son's finger. Now, in ancient times, this signified right here, partnership. That the son was in full, listen, partnership of his father's business. All power, somebody say all power, all authority, say all authority, was given back to him. God is calling us to pray, to sow seeds of prayer. Because where there is a deed, there is a seed, church. And that seed is planted in prayer. And whatever we plant in prayer, we shall reap. Can somebody say amen? See, he's calling us to pray to the Father, to call to our Father, our Father who art in heaven, amen. Somebody, he's calling us, pray to the Father who is in heaven. Don't pray to an idol. Don't pray to something that's carved in wood, amen, uh, or some person that, that's out there that, you know, I'm praying to whoever you don't even have a relationship. He says, no, pray to the Father who is in heaven. See, Jesus is showing us how the Father invites us to him. He authorizes us as partners that we can use, listen, church, the family name. Come on, somebody. That we can pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is authorized prayer. And he gives us that authority because we belong to the Father. And everything that the Father has belongs to me. 
It belongs to me. I mean, everything that he has, I, I have access to. Why? Because he's my daddy. He says, when I, when I got established, when he brought me back in, when he accepted me, he gave me everything. I became an heir to his kingdom. So we can never say we're lacking, church, when daddy has it all. You just got to pray. <laughs> the, the problem or where you lack is, is in the area of prayer. You're, you're not praying. You're not seeking the Father. You, you know, my Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. You go to the Father, and then you start to worship him. And you know, all as you read the Lord's Prayer that we just read, none of it is asking things. You're establishing who he is first. You're worshiping for who he is. You're forgiving yourself of your sins and forgiving those that sinned against you. Come on, before you ask of anything, then you're going to get all this right, church. You got to make sure all is right. You're, you're, you're adoring the Father. You're worshiping the Father. But He gives us the use of the family name. That in the name of Jesus, come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus, come on. Got to use that name. Don't just pray. Use the word, use His name. Come on, I pray for healing. No, no, no. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you get healed. In the name of Jesus, come out. In the name of Jesus. You, you got to use the family name, church. There's power in the name of Jesus. I said there's power in the name of Jesus. The fifth thing, the father, listen, puts on sandals on his feet. In the Old Testament, it teaches that people that were mourning, listen, that were in mourning will remove their shoes or their sandals. It was a symbol of their sorrow. But placing the sandals back on the son's feet, the father was making an announcement to his son, the time of mourning, the days of separation are over. The time has come to rejoice. Come on, uh, Psalms 30 verse 5 says, Weeping uh, may endure for a night, but joy comes when? In the morning, hallelujah. Come on, he was saying the morning is over, amen. Uh, come on, uh, come on, it's time to rejoice. See, we see the final teaching of God's heart towards us. God rejoices over each one of us and rejoices at our return. And rejoices that our relationship is restored back with him. There was no time of mourning. You know, if you, if you really look at the story of the prodigal son and the father, for him to see him coming means that he was waiting. Every day he went out to see, is my son coming home today? Is my daughter coming home today? He went out. He, he was waiting for you. He was waiting at that altar for you. He was waiting all the time when we came to the Lord. He was waiting for you. And he was standing there with open arms. Waiting to embrace you. To hug you. He kissed you. He didn't pay you by the greñas. What's wrong with you, girl? He didn't kick you as a son. 
He embraced us. And he forgave us right there. Instantly. Forgave us right here. That's the father. He, he saw us. He saw him from the, every day. He was out there with his cup of coffee. Is he coming home today? Just waiting. Then all of a sudden, there's a little speck way over there. Something that's moving towards him. And even from the distance, he knew it was a son. Oh, that's my mocoso right there. He's coming home. Oh, that's my boy. Come on, he looks a little hairy, a little dirty, smelly from here, amen. But that's my boy right there. He's coming home. He saw him. He saw you. And he waited. That's the love. And he came. And we see the celebration, the robe. We see the ring put back to him and says, you know what? Takes the, puts, put the sandals back on him, man. No more warning. Because let me tell you, he was just waiting, praying, mourning for his son. But he put his sandals back on. He says, you know what? It's time to party. It's time to rejoice. That's why the Bible says when, when one person gets saved, all heaven rejoices. Come on, they're waiting for the prodigal each and every time. Every service, they're waiting for the prodigal, that prodigal to come. That prodigal, they're, they're waiting to celebrate. They're waiting to put on their sandals back, amen. They're, they're waiting right here. God's ready right now to put a robe on you, put a ring on you, and just establish you back to where you need to be. That's the love of the Father. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, Yet to all who did, did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I am a child of God. You are a child of God. Amen. Come on, we're, we're children of God, church. Come on, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, what a great day that was when we got saved, when we came home. But it all started with prayer. Prayer will get you through any season, church. You've got to pray. You've got to seek. You've got to go to the Father who is in heaven. Come on, we don't pray to anything else. We don't pray to some statue in our, in our living room. We don't pray to idols. We pray to the Father. Come on, when, he, when, he, when, 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 when Jesus said it was finished, it was done. The veil was torn. No longer do we have to go through a ritual, go through a priest, or go through all this to have communication with God. He made a direct access for us to go to the Father. Any one of you can go to the Father. That's the relationship he wants to have with you. It's a father to son, father to daughter relationship. Come on, he don't want someone speaking on your behalf. You know what? I can talk to daddy by myself. Daddy. And you can have that relationship because what Jesus done on the cross. Somebody say amen. All this all stay.